Hi, this is Braden Holpe. Hey, this is Tanner the Bulldozer Bozer. Hi, this is Brian Burke from Toronto, Ontario. This is Daryl Sutter. Hello, everyone. I'm Carly Agro from Sportsnet Central. This is Jay Onright. This is Quick Dick Quick Dick coming to you from Tufnell, Saskatchewan. Hey, everybody. My name is Steel Fleury. This is Kelly Rudy. This is Corey Cross. This is Wade Redden. This is Jordan Tutu. My name is Jim Patterson. Hey, it's Ron McLean, Hockey Net in Canada and Rogers Hometown Hockey, and welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Wednesday, hump day. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, I'm hoping that uh, spring is coming and not another dump of snow. Chances are we all know snow is coming again, but hey, here's to hoping. Uh, we got a great one on tap for you today. Uh, I think everybody who follows along with the podcast knows I'm, I'm a big Tim McAuliffe fan and so got him back on he's got his new show and, and we get into a bunch of that but before we get there let's get to today's episode sponsors Jim Spenrath and the team over at Three Trees Tap and Kitchen uh, they supply the uh, the beverages in the studio and uh, I always I always enjoy Three Trees if you follow along with their social media like Jim is a, is a community first guy, and his team is a community first uh, group, and they're always helping different uh, organizations here in town. I, I know a little while back it was the Kinsmen and Canets uh, Telemiracle Steak Night, uh, and I just I I really appreciate that. I, I I always think positivity spreads, and and Jim and his team over at Three Trees that's exactly what they're doing. They're trying to get the best out of Lloyd. And uh, if you're into a little bit of the uh, beverages, you can get your growlers filled there. Uh, and I always bring up, you know, the, a couple of local ones, Fourth Meridian, Ribstone Creek. Uh, but they got so much more on tap. Like you can even get Guinness uh, filled up if, you, if you're into that kind of beer, not this guy. But hey, that, you know, to each their own. Uh, for a reservation, uh, give them a call, 780 uh, T-Bar One Transport. Since 2002, for more than 19 years, the team at T-Bar has offered excellent service, putting the community first. They are located in both Lloydminster and now Bonneville. They can cover all your heavy haul needs. In their fleet, they have tank movers, three 45-ton pickers, one-tons, flat decks, Texas beds, winch truck, and highway tractors. And currently, the boys are planning a load or three loads of pipe to Williams Lake, B.C. Look that up. That's in the middle of pretty much nowhere. Uh, in the mountains for all your heavy haul needs give the call uh, give the boys a call at t-bar one uh 780-205-1709 mac construction they've been doing business locally for over 12 years with over 100 homes completed uh, mac construction is a design build custom home building operation that is specialized in construction constructing custom homes cottages and rtms throughout lloydminster and community since 2008 in addition to custom home building, Mac Construction does extensive renovations to residences and like commercial work. If you're looking to build your dream house, head to Mac Construction and look no further. Jen Gilbert team for over 45 years since 1976. Who? Spit it out here. Since 1976, the dedicated realtors of Coldwell Banker, Cityside Realty, have served Lloydminster and the surrounding area. Did you know when it comes to rental properties, they are the biggest licensed residential property management company in the city of Lloydminster. The old tongue just is, 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 it doesn't want to work tonight, folks. They deal with over 250 rental reunits. We're talking houses, apartments, and condos. Direct deposit, get rid of the headache, deal with 
Coldwell Banker, they'll make it nice and easy for you. They know that home is truly where awesomeness happens. Coldwell Banker, Cityside Realty, for everything real estate, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 780-875-3343. HSI Group, they're the local oil field burners and combustion experts that can help make sure you have a compliance system working for you. The team also offers security, surveillance, and automation products for residential, commercial, livestock, and agricultural applications. Shout out to Mustard in the middle of this. I see that he was getting a quote from HSI for his new uh, new house. So shout out to Mustard and the team over at HSI fixing him up. Probably going to keep him and his good woman uh, safe because that's what they do. They use technology to give you peace of mind so you can focus on the things that truly matter. Stop in today at 3902 52nd Street or give Brody or Kim a call at 306-825-6310. Have you seen the SMP billboard or, I don't know, the new cutout at the Factory Sports? It all comes from Read and Write. And uh, Deanna Wandler having a little bit of fun with me and, and Flat Sean, as they're calling it now, uh, sitting at Factory Sports. You can get some SMP gear and uh, see what uh, Read and Write has done to make me look, uh, I don't know, look, I think I look rather sharp. Uh, Gartner Management is a Lloydminster-based company specializing in all types of rental properties to help meet your needs. Whether we're looking at small office or a 6,000-square-foot commercial space, give Wade Gartner a call, 780-808-5020. Five. And if you hit into any of these businesses, let them know you heard about them from here. All right. Now let's get on to that T-Bar 1 tale of the tape. Originally from Don Mills, Ontario. In 1997, he started as an intern at The Score with the likes of Cabby Richards and Sid Sixero. In 2004, Tim and Sid, the popular duo, got their start together and for 17 years would lead their show to becoming nationally televised. Their Tim and Sid podcast would consistently be in the top five in Canada as well. Now, Tim has a new show called Tim and Friends. I'm talking about Tim McCallum. So buckle up. Here we go. What's going on? This is Tim McCallum, formerly of Tim and Sid, now of Tim and Friends. I don't know how long that'll last, but I do know that I enjoy going on with Sean Newman. And you're listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Uh, today, I got Mr. Tim McAuliffe hopping on. Uh, how's it go, sir? Uh, it's going good. It's going good. It's busy. Uh, it's good. It's busy. It's good. And I need to get out of this lockdown. Like I need to move somewhere besides the big city. Like this is, we're getting ridiculous now. I'm starting to run out of the patience a year into this whole thing. Uh, Cause we're still not like my kids aren't playing sports and they're in school, but that's about it. That's about all we got right now. So I'm kind of, I'm getting tired of this whole thing. I know you guys are kind of up and running a little bit more than we are right now, but uh, I don't know. I heard about out East or playing games. Kids are out you know, uh, practicing and playing games. And I'm just like, let's get to it. I know we're doing it for all the right reasons and all that stuff, but let's get to it. Well, I, uh, we got our own battles going on out here, but compared to probably what you guys are going through, um, yeah, we're a lot, uh, more relaxed. Although I'm like five minutes from the farm and being where you're in the land of no one around you. So you can pretty much mm -hmm. go and and, uh, do your own thing. But in saying that, um, being on a, a border city, we've kind of got the benefit at times of both right. provinces. So Alberta went to lockdown where you couldn't have anyone 
you know, in restaurants or anything like that. Although I, I don't know, we could get into the COVID chat of how you can go into a Costco, but you can't go into different places and that's yeah. for whatever. But being in Lloyd, we had restaurants still open. We still had a few things going on. Uh, I hate to jinx the swimming pool, but the swimming pool was like a blast of the past. Could get, take the family yep. swimming and stuff like that. So it was, you know, we've been able to skirt by it. How how are things out east there, Mister McAuliffe? <laughs> uh, there's not like we got the only thing that for me is like I'll go for walks and we go the family goes, but the kids get tired, right? Like there's only so many things that you can do in the winter, and like we can't go for a twirl. We had an outdoor uh, rink in the neighborhood, the one I actually grew up on, and that was great for about a month but she's melted now and, and, uh, doesn't usually last a month. So we were kind of lucky, um, because it was cold. So we had the outdoor rink that was January <laughs> and then February, you know, my kid plays baseball, my girl does dance. And the only thing they're doing them is on zoom. And it's just, it would be nice to be able to, you know, like rent the ice and go out and just, you know, shoot some pucks at the glass. Uh, cause I can't hit the net, but just all those things, like those are the things that I missed the most, like just going for a skate with the boys or taking my kids out and, you know, hitting off a tee, stuff like that. Well, I, I, I think the last time I had you on October 5th, 2020. So that's, that's a while back now you're episode 119 on this side. Um, I, I started off with how are you doing? Cause I, I know that's been the question, but I can feel that I can feel your, your, your lag. And I mean, we're, you're joking before we started. You haven't had supper. I haven't had supper. I guess I, I function a little bit. I'm, I'm in a good mood, big shooter. Hey, hold on, I'm, hold on. You're a couple, <laughs> you're two hours back. Are you not? I'm two hours <laughs> that's, back. That's right. That's a, So you're at six. Oh, I'm at eight. Oh, I'm at eight. Oh, four. You're at six. Oh, four. I don't know if we're supposed to give away the time, but you're a couple hours back on your din din. Like that's, <laughs> uh i will i'm all right though i'm i'm good i had a late i had a late lunch sean you know a late lunch oh yeah, yeah a, a late lunch a late, yeah a late lunch yeah yeah <laughs> i actually made kid the kids so uh in these covid days my wife's a teacher and the kids are at school and just to get them out of the school because they got the masks on just to give them a little bit of a breather from there no pun intended i bring them home for lunch old school styles and so I'm making the lunch, doing my meetings for work, doing all those things. What's your uh, so go-to? Had... What's your go-to to make them? <laughs> uh, today I did Kraft macaroni and cheese. I did an old, I did an old Katie classic. Um, I, I usually go sandwiches. If I'm really lazy, I go peanut butter <laughs> and jelly. My son hates tomatoes. My daughter likes tomatoes. So sometimes you get the fancy sandwiches. You know, you're you talking gotta... You're talking to a guy who, uh, my wife's a teacher as well. And on Monday night, she stays late. I pick kids up. I bring them home. And on the way home, I always go, so what do you guys want? I, you know, I'm feeling creative tonight. Dad, we yeah. want craft dinner. All right. Well, what the hell do I care? All right. Craft <laughs> dinner it is. I can't screw it up. Uh, my, my daughter's pre-Canadiana too. And it's just like... I'm going to be honest. Like I do not like craft dinner. Uh, and my daughter's like, you don't the like craft dinner. Where's the ketchup? I'm like, Oh my God, are you Canadian or what? Like <laughs> the craft is craft dinner with ketchup. Not the most Canadian meal possible. Pretty, uh, pretty freaking close. That's what my kids love. They love <laughs> yeah. craft dinner with a little bit of ketchup on it. I, I don't yeah. get the ketchup part, but Hey, whatever. Me if they're going to eat it. I'm happy. Right. Like get some food in your belly. I'm good with it. 
I don't mind. Like I, so my dad is uh, we're Maltese. The, the, so if you're doing pasta shells, like do something, get a red sauce, do something, put something in that sauce, put a little meat in there, like put some. And so when I, it's just like, it's just shells and cheese. Like, give me more is what I always, that's, I don't like it. Like, it's not that I hate it. It's not that when I was in university, I didn't eat it a ton because I couldn't afford anything else. Um, I did that in Chef Boyardee ravioli sandwiches. I don't know if you remember those. Ninety-nine oh, yeah. cents a ten. <laughs> just butter so that's up why you bread. don't like any of the the. the yes. you're, you've had enough of it for a lifetime. Yeah, uh, bingo has been calls. Yeah, that's why. Well, I gotta know, man. Uh, I watched your final Tim and Sid episode. I watched. Oh, I didn't watch. Sorry. Um, I, you know, I, I'm still working full time, so I I'm on the road when that's Aaron's. So I didn't get to see today's, but I listened to yesterday's on the on the podcast. Uh, Tim and friends okay. of the show. Uh, <laughs> how how? First off, I guess I want to know. Uh, did it come as a shock that Sid was leaving? Like, or was no. that something that it, that was being talked about? No, we had kind of. There had been several conversations over the years, and both of us knew that eventually we wanted it to end. But to be honest, to like we were, we were. I said this in the first show. We were seduced by the success of it, where it was easy to just kind of sit around with a guy that you laughed with, and you could just talk sports with, and people seemed to enjoy it. So we were kind of seduced by it. You know, I'd done play by play, and I hosted a bunch of things. Um, you know, my dream early on was to do the Raptors play-by-play. And I was up for that gig a couple times and never got it. And so Sid knew if I got that, I was gone. And uh, I never got it. So, you know, he's kind of toyed with a couple of different things along the way. And nothing really came about that forced either of us to make a tough decision. And he had actually flirted with this breakfast television gig before and didn't like the timing of it but really wanted to kind of spread his wings. And so when it came around the second time in the middle of the global pandemic, I think he said, you know, I'm not going to hedge anymore. Like I'm not going to sit and wait. And I was cool with it. I, I, I knew what it was. I knew all along that we wouldn't last that long. And to be honest with you, if you had told anyone that knew us 17 years ago when we started um, and asked them if we'd last 17 years, every one of them would have said hell no because <laughs> we're what so a run different. though what a yeah. run yeah it was a great run and in these days like man it's tough to it's tough to keep the business going right like it's there's there's shutting down stations in uh, vancouver and in ottawa like it's just it's it's not the business that it once was so when something came along it was like great run tip of the cap all around and especially the people that work behind the scenes that help us do it. Uh, but it was just kind of a tip of the cap. All right, next stage. Let's see what it is. Was that a getting to have one last episode though? Well, it's awesome. And, yeah. and knowing just to get in, like soak it in a little bit. Right. Because I mean, yeah. for a lot of people, you know, they, they don't get that. Right. It's, it's just abrupt or it only lasts two years and you never really like seven, 17 years is a good run. That is a, yeah. that is an extremely good run. What I find crazy on this side is it was first Jay and Dan, and now you two. I'm like holy God, like yeah. you know, those are the shows I grew up with, pretty much. Right. Like, uh, uh, and I would say a lot of Canadians would have the same feelings. Yeah, without a doubt. And Jay and Dan didn't get the flowers, right? Like, and that's 
we were really thankful that we were able to, you know, I mean, a lot of that is trust too, right? Like the bosses have to trust you to give you that last, I mean, we basically had two months after it was announced and I'm sure there was, there were a couple of people in the executive wondering if he would say anything, but the fact that he was staying in the company, like it's the same Rogers owns Sportsnet, Rogers owns city TV. So if he really wanted to screw somebody and say something stupid, uh, he probably wouldn't, he probably would have done it if he was going somewhere else, but not going where he went. So there was no real worry about anyone saying anything stupid. And I think they just trusted us that we would see it to the end. Well, I, uh, a guy reached out on Twitter. Zach said, wanted to know who leaves primetime talking sports to switch lanes into breakfast television. And from what you're saying, is that what Sid always wanted to go to? I think he loves, I don't think that like, um, I don't think that it's, it's necessarily he's done with sports. I just think that he wants to try different things. Like, I think he wants to go and do um, the other stuff, the, uh, some of the politics, some of the uh, bachelor stuff. Like he's just, he's so into so many different things that I'm not into. <laughs> so it, it doesn't make sense to me or Zach, but to him, it makes perfect sense. And it's just, he has so many more interests that he wants to kind of tackle. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. He's so smooth. Like, I know um, people get distracted because he goes on rants and he, you know, he's so confident in his opinion that sometimes he'll say stuff and you're like, what is this guy saying? But he's so smooth and so funny that I guarantee you there'll be, like, I don't know if it's a game show or if it's the Junos or if it's like, he will rise quickly because a bunch of people who never saw him because they don't watch sports are going to go, holy crap, who's this guy? So that's kind of, I think he's looking for, let's see what happens when they say, holy crap. I remember on right did the Olympics yeah, and got a bunch of different opportunities because people were like, holy crap, this guy's good. And everyone in sports was like, yeah, no guff. Like, He's been doing it for like 10 years. Where are, where have you been? And it's just the people who um, don't watch sports. And there's a lot of them out there um, or don't watch like hardcore sports. And I would say that, you know, Jay and Dan, Tim and Sid, was kind of like you got to be a fan, like a real fan to take in either of those. And uh, when we've gone on and done all these other shows or we did the Raptors parade, people were like, oh, those guys are good. It's like, yeah, we, we've been doing it for 15 years. We better be good. Like, we better be decent. Otherwise, someone's in trouble. You know, it's funny. I Here's a guy. I'm sitting here, Tim. I've been, I've been doing the podcast for two years. It's been two years almost to the day. Yeah. Uh, I got so much youthful exuberance. Coming yes. out of my my uh, my ass, it's not even funny. Like, got Tim on tonight. I'm fucking fired up, right? Like, right. I'm gonna drop an f bomb on it because I'm I'm ready to go. I'm rare. Right. And when I hear out of you, and I know the last little bit in the media biz has been extremely tough. Um, yeah, it's it's not been a pretty place. And I know it's at the long end of a long day of a new show. No supper in you. I'm hitting a lot of things on the wrong <laughs> times here. I'm still gonna take it. But I, I hear a lot of like, you know, like it's just, you know, he was living for a change and maybe uh, we didn't want to do Tim and Sid for 50 years, which 
I guess I just, as a fan and a person who watched it, I just assumed yeah. every day was like, man, this is awesome. And I hope this goes for 30 years. Right. It, I, I, there's like the, it's like a, I'm a Libra, right? So, uh, I, 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 it doesn't mean that I'm actually the scales, but I am that person. Uh, so it actually fits me. I don't even believe in it, but I, I always see both sides and it is a strength and a weakness of mine. And you'll see it in the shows. Uh, you'll see it in arguments. You'll see it when I'm talking to my wife, you'll see it everywhere. So I, I kind of see both sides of it. I'm incredibly grateful for what we had and what we did. Like imagine spending 17 years, five days a week, laughing your ass off. Like that's awesome. And for me, it was like, I'm grateful for what it is. I didn't, I didn't, the way it ended made it really tough, right? Like it was a short runway, got to launch a new show, have a week off. There's people behind the scenes that we got to get up to speed. Who's going to be the co-host? We don't really have time to have a full-time co-host. People got to do other jobs. Like all of it wasn't ideal, but if someone's going somewhere to do something that they want to do, especially someone who gave you as much as Sid gave me through the years, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to stand in his way. I'm not going to be bitter about it. It's just, uh, it was, it's been a lot of work over the last like month and a half to get ready for the new thing, figure out what it was and then go out and do it. So Tim and friends tell me like of the show, like, was that, was that like, were you uh, like, man, I can't, I am, I'm psyched for this. Or was it like, was there 10 ideas of how you're, you know, prime yeah, time? It's like everyone, everyone has the, the idea, right? Like every executive has the idea of what it could be or what it should be and where it needs to go and what it needs to be. And so you sit through all of the meetings at a place like our place. It's not just like turn the keys and go, right? Uh, if it was turn the keys and go, it would have been a lot, uh, I think you'd see a little more pep in my step, but there's just, you know, you got to go through all of the channels of sponsors and things like that, like um, that sometimes can get in the way of it. So uh, Tim and friends was just the best way to make something feel natural. That wasn't going to be natural because of the short runway. So are you, you excited about that though? I guess uh, I look, I'm a defenseman, right? Played yeah. defense all my life. All I wanted was, just give me one guy. Don't give me a new defense partner every bloody night. That'll be tough. <laughs> right. But when I look at the show, you had Sid, who was your, you know, your steady Eddie for 17 yeah. years. Now you get the excitement. I mean, the possibilities are right. just endless. That excites me. But for a guy, I, if I look at defense, I could understand how, man, now I got to adjust to everybody they bring on. Like, is that fun? Are you excited? Yeah. No, about that's it? fun. No, that's fun. That's fun for me. That's that's like, I'm, I am i uh, am I'm a playmaking center, Sean. Uh, that's what I am. <laughs> so you, you slide me some wingers in there and I'm going to, I'm going to spoon feed uh, as long as they can score, as long as they got like, some hands. I'm the, I'm the playmaking center. I'm Adam Oates. You're Adam uh, Oates or are you Sidney Crosby where they can just give you any two dumpster fires and you'll still get them points. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if I'm turning Bernie Nichols into a 79 goal scorer. <laughs> I don't think I'm Gretzky. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I'm, I don't think Rob Brown. Uh, I don't think Kevin Stevens. I'm not Lemieux. Uh, I'm probably a, a, I'm a, maybe a Craig Janney. Is there a Craig Janney in there that we can throw? I more of an Adam, although Adam Oates, Adam Oates was way underrated. He was ridiculous too. Um, so I, I, I'm excited about it. Like I'm, 
I think it'll be fun. And I think we'll find um, the goal for me is to find a couple of different friends that really click and then just kind of go with it from there. Um, Cause it'll be like, it'll be tough going. Th- we're going to go through like 30 wingers. Like we've already got 30 different people lined up. So I think part of it is just to have fun in the moment and see where it takes us and then reassess at the end of the seasons of hockey and, and basketball. Cause it's not often that you uh, restart something like the RTV businesses. You don't mess with it during the seasons, maybe in the summer, if the Jays aren't as hot as they might be this year or have been in the past, you kind of reassess everything after the season. So to have him go when he went was tougher. So we'll run this course right now. We'll see what we get and then we'll reassess and see if we narrow it down. Uh, maybe Tim and friends will be uh, Tim and someone. Maybe it'll remain Tim and friends. Uh, maybe it'll work. Um, but I'm open-minded. See what happens. Have some fun. Tim and friends of the show. Yes. <laughs> Tim and friends sounds like a kid's show. If you're wondering why Sean keeps saying friends of the show, because I feel like it's like a purple dinosaur show to call it Tim and friends. So I keep saying it's Tim and friends of the show. They're friends of the show who are coming in. <laughs> But the graphics were too expensive to change too much. So it's just Tim and friends. And I'm going to say, I've already said Tim and Sid like 10 times. So I'm going to say it a hundred times. Uh, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's got some cool possibilities. And I, I honestly, I, with the, with the revolving door, that'll take a little bit of, for people to get used to, but like something's going to click. It always does. And it's going to feel right. And everybody's going to know it, which will be cool to watch. I just think of like the endless possibilities of like who. So who do you want to see? I got I got the pen in my hand. Who do I want to see? Yeah, who who you, would you like to see in that chair? Do, wait, can they can they be anywhere, or do they have to be in T.O.? No, we could. No, we, that's the beauty of this, and that's why we went Tim and Friends in the pandemic was, was that we could do it the way you're doing it right now. Oh, sweet, uh, Sean Newman, uh, capital <laughs> nice. S. Uh, I Sean. think I think Cabby would be fun, but I mean, Cabby's on his own show and down and up. But Cabby's like, Cabby's sweet, and he's a yeah, throwback ca- throwback to where you guys started. I know that probably can't be long term, but I mean, hell, that'd be cool. Yeah, Cabby's on the list, and uh, we're just sorting through some uh, legal issues to see if he can. Uh, come on and do a few shows with us, uh, but he's definitely on the list. All right, so Newman—I I don't know this guy, but Sean Newman, capital S. I know you got that. Yeah, is it yeah. W well, or is it U? Can you move your head so I can see? <laughs> U. Come on, S H U S H A U. Uh as Glenn Healy said, "Who the fuck is Sean Newman?" I, I agree, <laughs> but that doesn't mean it can't work. Now, the only thing is, is if, if the audience wants the toothless Sean, they got to speak up awfully quick because like I said, Friday, Friday, we, we well, we start the process and it's going to be a while. You're, you're patching it up. You're getting the, uh, the hey, listen, out. I, I told the wife, give the grout. it's been, it's been, uh, well, I turned 35 in May. So it has uh, been 17 years since it happened to, I, I got <laughs> I met my, the love of my life with no teeth. All right. And about two days before we got married, I got a, I got one put in just for the wedding. And she's been telling me, <laughs> when you're done playing hockey, which happened this year, uh, COVID definitely put the nail in the coffin. But I mean, right. she's like, when you're done, let's get it fixed. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. You're, you're probably right. Do, is there, I mean, that is the, 
that's what hockey players do when they're done. They go get the teeth fixed. No um, point before that. No, no point. My old man, you know this from the previous one. Uh, my old man uh, played uh, in a time where uh, losing one was a good, uh, a good run. Uh, so his trick when we were growing up, and he was coaching all of us, the four boys in the family, he would stand uh, behind the net um, if he was coaching or. Um, you know, on the bench every once in a while, things would get tense and he would just slide the plate out and he would drop it down <laughs> a little bit. So and it was the whole top row. So he just, come on, boys, let's get it going. And it would be, the plate would be dropping up and down. So he's, uh, we, we've seen a lot of that. One tooth, tell your wife she's got it good. Uh, one tooth. My mom had the whole top plate was, and that wasn't... And that wasn't at 80. That was at 22. <laughs> that, was, that was a youngster. Oh, man. Well, I tell you what. It's ah, the teeth things like whatever. It, it doesn't bother me. It bothers other people. And actually, I got in the dentist chair. And they're sitting there. And they're like, oh, man, everybody's going to be so happy. And I'm like, you, you really think everybody's going to be happy about this? So we put out a Twitter <laughs> poll and an Instagram poll and a Facebook poll. And it came back. It was 65% of people said, don't do it. Yeah. Like we like, I'm like... <laughs> Like people are nuts, but when I, uh, when I finally shaved my head, like I kept telling my boss, people will like, like, I don't under, so my boss wouldn't let me shave my head. So I was clinging to like this, these wisps at the front. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Just like, ah, you'll look too young. You look like a punk. You look like you're, you know? And I'm like, no, people will say that's the bald guy. And he kept saying, nah, nah, nah. And I did it. And everyone was like, oh, the bald guy. And it's like the one, you, you, that's how you're known. It's fine. You're missing one tooth, right? Michael Strahan. Everyone knows Michael Strahan. He's got the teeth are spread. Like it's a distinguishing factor in a world where there's a lot of crap thrown at you. <laughs> so if I'm the bald guy on Sportsnet, I'm okay with it. Uh, and I've always been okay with it. And if you're the guy missing his front tooth, you someone can ask you to sing the Christmas song where you say all I want for well, Christmas you you want to know, before I met my wife, uh, the best part of having no teeth was it was making up the stories on why I lost why? my tooth, yeah. right? You'd be at the bar and, you, and some girl would come up and be like, oh, why'd you, why'd you lose your tooth? Or how did you lose your tooth? God, I loved, I loved that game. That was a fun game to see the reactions. Right. What was the best one? Well, I, I did the, uh, the, uh, the Seinfeld, the marine biologist, and walked away. How did you lose your tooth? I'm a marine biologist. <laughs> she was angry that day, my friends, and just walked away. I, I still wonder what she thinks. She probably thinks I'm a jackass. I have no idea who that was, but right. He said marine biologist. I started thinking, did a whale like come up and hit him in the mouth? What what happened? The boat? <laughs> like what you left with a lot of questions. Like I would have chased you down if it would, hey, how'd you lose your tooth? I'm a marine biologist. What do you mean you're a marine biologist? How tough does it get out there? A lot of marine biologist fights. What are we talking about here? Um, who do you want to be your co-partner? Like who, 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 if you could have your choice of like, I want, I don't know, who, who would you take for, for a round? Who would be fun to have on? You know, for what, a you know what one of the things was, I, I didn't want anyone to be, um, I didn't want anyone to be compared to Sid. Or think that we were trying to replace it. I thought it was kind of stupid to put someone in the spot because people would have just bitched and moaned. 
um, oh, he's not Sid. Oh, he's better than Sid. Oh, it's, you know, the show's not the same and blame the other person for why yeah. the show's not the same when the show's not going to, like my whole first 10 minutes of this first show was this show will not be the same because people get used to it. And that's a compliment. And I understand it. And I know that some people won't like the new iteration, but I didn't want to put anyone in that spot. It reminds me of the office, right? When Steve Carell leaves, right. Who's going to replace him, Right. And Just it's a like way well, lower level of the office. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but like, I mean, it, it's the same psychology, right? Who can right. come in and fill those shoes when he's been doing it for as many years as he has. Like, I mean, that's what that's what you're trying to do, and that's that's a tough thing to do. So what you're right. doing, I think is I think is the the right way. I, I think you're gonna find somebody that just fits the mold, and the audience kind of gets to test run because if they don't like it, Tim, they're gonna be like, nah. And you're gonna feel that, right. and you're just gonna keep going, and that's the lovely thing. You just get keep spinning it. Right, right, and that's I mean that's what I've come to embrace, and the team behind the scenes have come to embrace it. And so when you say like, oh, who would you like to sit in a chair? I would just love to test. And I'd love to give a bunch of kids um, or people who you, you wouldn't expect. Uh, an opportunity. Yeah, an opportunity to give it a shot. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that work at our building that have been waiting years just to get a shot. Um, so we're going to do a bunch of those first out of respect, because I think that's, I mean, if cool. I was, yeah, if I was in the building and I, I mean, there's people that have been there, like, so we have a digital producer who's in there and he's just kind of sorting through the tweets while I'm on the show. That guy's been waiting eight years for a shot, right? Like it's not, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of talent that you need to have and talent will rule. Um, but there's also just the guy in me, the dude in me that grew up in sports when people put the work in. I feel like you should reward them or at least give them the opportunity. If they don't work, that's fine, but give them the shot and see if they can do it. Yeah. I, I, Hey man, I tip of the cap to you. Cause I, I agree. Uh, it's the crazy thing about the industry is like, there's um, I forget his name and that's terrible, but uh, we were just talking about it uh, a couple days ago, the guy from red deer who got the, took Jack Michaels spot on the radio for the Oilers. And he'd been there for like, forget how many years it was like 20 years. And I'm like, Oh man, 20 years to get to the, to the bigs. Right. Like, right. It's, it's a, I totally get that. That's a, that's a really cool thing. And you never know, maybe the guy uh, sitting there for eight years, he'll walk in and kill it and, and that'll be it. And, and he'll have his right. story and away he goes. Now, now it's going to bug me who the Edmonton Oilers guy that I'm thinking of Bob Stoffer, who's been there forever. And I'm all right. I'll, I'll look it up later. I'll look it up. <laughs> When you start, when I ask you your next question, I'll try and look it up quick. Um, I wish I had a producer sitting to the left of me, but I, I was saying to my brother today, Cam Moon. I do, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Cam Moon. That's a good memory. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I looked it up. I looked it up. Oh, you're you're you're, you're yeah. doing you're doing got, that got, nice work. I, <laughs> I liked uh, Doris Burke uh, yesterday. Yeah, I I, I uh, man, that was a solid solid uh, little interview, and she said something that uh, that stuck with me. And we talked about it the first time uh, uh, we got together. And right. she said, putting in the work when no one was listening slash watching. And yeah. she was getting to make mistakes and everything. And now to see where she is and like, frick, I didn't realize she uh, got to sit with Obama and, and like, man, she's yeah. had a career. Yeah, it's so funny. I have a friend who works at ESPN and he said to me, you have to ask her. And she, I, she didn't bite because she's a little too classy on it, but um 
He's like, you have to ask her about the universal love that she gets versus where it was five years into the career. Because five years into the career, it wasn't what it is now. And I think that there is, I think, you know, most people who have decency respect hard work <laughs> and respect those who have kind of gone through it and uh, come out the other end still smiling, right? Like that's a big part of life, period, is going through it and then coming out the other end still smiling. So when you're saying to me about uh, coming here a little tired, uh, having not had dinner and all that stuff, part of me is like, fuck up, McAuliffe. Like, let's go here. Um, because no one wants to know how the sausage is made. But the beauty of that conversation with Doris was that I think that most people understand what she would have faced, even if they didn't see it. And uh, the work when no one's watching, uh, I believe firmly in that. I think I used it somewhere else in the show too. I think I actually said it before um, or maybe it was after, but I firm, I'm a firm believer in, um, you know, I think that's John Wooden has used that one too. And the last time I was on, I screwed up the maybe parable. So I'm not going to miss, <laughs> I'm not going to miss another chance at, at screwing something up. But John Wooden said, you know, there's the one about character and reputation, be more concerned about your character than your reputation. And the, the other one is uh, the true measure of a man is what he does when no one's watching. And I, when, when I heard, I don't know if you took in much of the Walter Gretzky um, eulogy or if you were paying attention to Chris Schultz and what people were saying about those two, we lost two legends in the Canadian landscape. And I had met Schultz a bunch of times and he's, he was such a good dude when no one was watching and Walter Gretzky, there's like a thousand stories about how he gave time and there was no TV camera there. There was no, no one was putting it on Twitter, what charity work he was doing. There's no photo op. He just did it. And uh, so I'm a huge believer in what you do when nobody's watching. And Schultze and, and Walter Gretzky were two of those people for me. And I'd seen it a bunch of different times. And so it stuck with me. So when you said that about Doris Burke, there was a couple of different examples of that that popped into my head. And it's so true because there are a lot of guys that will, especially in Twitter and Instagram age, right? Like there's a lot of people who will do something and you'll see it. And someone took the picture there. And then there's a lot of guys that just go and do the work. And I, I tend to lean towards the people who just do it. Yeah. Uh, I, probably name me one Canadian or at least hockey background Canadian who didn't watch at least part of the uh, thing on Walter Gretzky. I mean, yeah. he's almost as famous as Wayne. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Think, eh? think about that as a hockey yeah. dad, right? Like, yeah. I mean, but the way he, he, um, presented himself uh at all times whenever he was in the limelight he wasn't in the limelight whenever he talked he just represents what hockey and canada is supposed to be like that's that's what he and that's why he's beloved by so many people right like right um the, the story that Gretzky or wayne says to about the golf balls and signing them right like <laughs> that's that's super cool yeah. Um, but yeah, like two greats, it's, that's the way, uh, you know, how old was Walter? Yeah, he, uh, I, I want to say, I don't want to get it wrong. So I'll just look it up. But... And... Heart of gold. I love when you, so he was, 
born in 38. So he's 82, 80. Yeah. 82. 82. Yeah. Like he's, he lived a good life. And yeah. so like, it's sad that, uh, I think probably the saddest thing about it is it probably came in a time where, and who knows, uh, the Gretzky's, um, have a little bit more money than, than Sean Newman. So maybe they were afforded a few different things, uh, ability to move people around to different so that they could be around each other. But at the same time, I highly doubt all that. Yeah. And the, with the pandemic, I mean, that's just the, what's tough about it is the year he goes right. And yeah. probably the way in which his family had to be, because that guy should have probably the, yeah, you, the you could have put him in the, you could have been an Ivor win. Like you could have put him in the Ticat stadium. Yeah, that's what I mean. Funeral there. Yeah. He should have he should have had a, a funeral with like fifty thousand people there. And in saying that, the the procession outside the funeral or the the church was was you know a pretty uh, cool sight, I guess. Right. Yeah, that's been uh, tough for people uh, in this year losing people because you can't grieve the same way that we used to grieve and uh, or we're used to grieving, and uh, it's nice to have people around you. Yeah. When, when things like this happen and that's the, that's the shitty part of it. I got to ask, you know, um, I want to switch over to some NHL because can you, can you hear Layla screaming up there? Oh yeah, absolutely. I love it. I, <laughs> hey, I pipe down. I'm on a podcast with Sean Newman. <laughs> Sean who? <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's, that's why that's, shy. That's why I come to the studio. It's just nice and quiet here. The kids are off at home. I don't have to worry about any of that. Yeah. <laughs> we got to talk a little bit of NHL because, yeah. because, because, because I don't know if I get to have you on before the end of the NHL season. We're not even going to worry about that, but we, we are got to talk about is, mm-hmm. man, what do you think of the North? What do you think of this North division, the, the, I the Canada? I love it, except for the overreactions. Like, <laughs> it seems like the sky has fallen in... Vancouver, Montreal, Calgary. Well, it might still be falling in Calgary. Um, like the Leafs lose a game to the Ottawa Senators where they're up 5-1 and Toronto's freaking out. Nylander's no good. Tavares is no good. They're eight points clear. They're the number one team in the league and people are freaking out in Toronto. It makes no sense. Vancouver had a tough stretch and understandably so and questioning what they're doing Demko gets hot oh everything's okay everything's fine like it's just because it's all Canadian matchups and we love hockey so much the overreact like the knee-jerk reactions to every single game like I don't even know it might be awesome and I'm hating on it for no reason like for me it's always been about patience right like you can't judge one game and then say this is what this is you have to wait a couple of games, but it seems like after every game, there is a print. Carey Price is done. Fire the head coach. Fire the goaltending coach. Wait a second. That's three <laughs> games where he's allowed three goals, right? Like Demko's not good enough. The bubble was a mirage. Hold on. Demko might be good enough. Like it's just, it feels like everything is way overreaction or like it's overreaction after overreaction. But that's hockey in Canada, right? Do you think it's just hockey in Canada? Or do you think it's because literally everybody is stuck in their house and got nothing else to do but be? Yeah, it's part of it, right? Like, yeah, here in Edmonton, you know, we play we play Toronto three bloody times in a row. Now, yeah. I got to preface this Guy's by falling, right? 
I got to preface this by I canceled cable the day they started losing. So I thought, oh boy, I just jinxed the team, right? Like I'm getting the updates on the phone going, oh, 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 three in a row to T.O. If there's ever a team not to lose to, it's Calgary followed closely by Toronto. So the sky fell in Edmonton. The only thing is, is I got, I got, I watched the last two games. We've won two in a row. I'm starting to think like maybe, maybe I cursed the team for a few and it's all on me. Right. So I got to watch. It's on me. Without a doubt. It is on you. I once, I spent the entire uh, end of the Toronto Blue Jays World Series clinching Joe Carter home run outside of a car in downtown Toronto because they started rallying once I stepped out of the car. So I was running down Young Street in downtown Toronto, having not known that Joe Carter hit a home run to end it. What? Yeah. I was standing outside the car. We were listening on the radio. The boys were downtown waiting for the party to happen. And when I stepped out of the car, it was rally time. And so I could kind of hear it. I kind of understood it. We were just shooting the breeze. And then I heard everyone just explode. The whole downtown core explodes. You can hear it downtown. And I start running with everybody else who had jumped out of the car, slammed the doors. I, what happened? Joe Carter hit a home run. Well, I guess there were people on base because we're running. Is this a game tying home run that we're running down the street for? Nope. Jam done. Let's go. Here we go. So you obviously, like I did while standing out out of a car and missing the end of a World Series, although I was young enough that I wasn't worried about what was happening in the game. I was more worried about what we were going to do after the game. Yeah, you let superstition get the best of you. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like you're pretty close to it. Well, I tell you what, when they when they lost the second one to T.O., I was like, nah, nah, it's nothing. It's nothing. Then when they lost the third one, I'm like, oh, my God, what is going on? We can't even we can't even get in the, the go here. Like, so it's Trump. We... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, when are we going nurse for Norris? Nurse for Norris? When are we going nurse for Norris? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. 25 minutes a game. They play him too much. He's good. He's growing into it. He's over. He's playing. He's playing too much. Yeah, he is. That's why. Yeah, he is. He is playing too much. They are overusing him without a doubt. And he's playing tired at times, which makes it even more impressive. Does it not? As a defenseman. And you're not impressed. You're staring me down. (laughs) I can feel it. I can feel it. He makes too many unforced errors. Now that probably has to do with how much he is on the ice. Sure. But he drives me up the wall when he forces it up the wall. Just force it up the wall. Just like. Chip it in, chip it out. It's a career for some. Oh, man. (laughs) Like, you know who's impressed the shit out of me has been Evan Bouchard when he has been playing. And I know he's young and I know he's had a couple of games where he's gotten lit up and blah, blah, blah. But the kid under pressure as a young guy, he's been fun to watch. Well, I'm uh, I'm a little bit biased because uh, the head coach in Bakersfield uh, was a year younger than me in my grade school, in my high school. And so Jay Woodcroft, who uh, is the head coach uh, in Bakersfield with a lot of these kids and grooming them for this spot. Uh, is uh, is an old school friend of mine, so uh, I do feel like uh, they've had some good grooming. I mean, Ethan Bear made that huge jump. Here's here's here was my bias going into the year. Your top pairing was Ethan Bear and Darnell Nurse, and they're young. 
And you have to let guys like that grow. And in Canada, this is pandemic, non-pandemic, anytime. We, we end up chasing defensemen out of cities because you don't let them make mistakes, especially young. And there have been a couple. Petrie's looking all right now, is he not? He is looking all right. Huh? That's, one all, all, that's one all oil fans would like to have back. And the other guy Schultz. is Justin Schultz. Yeah. God dang it, that one drove me nuts because I'm like, just let the kid... Like, just leave the kid alone. But I don't know. But go to any city. Go to any city in Canada. Everyone expects everyone to be Nick Lidstrom. And it just doesn't happen. You have to give them some time to grow into that spot, especially when you're playing at that level in those many minutes. So when when I went into this year, I said, listen, that's too young. You can't put that kind of pressure on these guys. But you had no other choice in Edmonton because Bear looked so good last year. And Nurse is basically your only other guy with Larson. So just give it some time. Give it some patience. And you know, it hasn't been exactly been there for Bear, but, you know. Uh, so that's my, that's my bias. And I'm, I'm acknowledging my bias with you right now, Sean. Can Nurse win a Norris? I don't think so, but I, I really like what he's doing. I honestly do. And I, I get what you're saying about forcing it, but, like, I don't know. My old man was a, de- a defenseman too. And he always talks about like, when you see guys huffing and puffing, that means they're playing too much, too many minutes. And it's just, there's not a lot of options in Edmonton right now to throw out there. And so they keep throwing him out there, but to do what he's doing, I mean, what, I, I, I can throw out stats and the six goals. Sometimes those are just lucky, but um, time, you- and I it's tell not you, like there's I a t- great goalie there either, right? I, t- like, I mean, Mike Smith can get hot, but there's no great goalie there either. Yeah, okay. Well, we have some problems. We have some obvious problems. I'll tell you this. Uh, uh, Nurse is skating is fantastic. His ability to read the rush is fantastic, to like hop into it. He has yeah. had some of the best puck luck on scoring goals I think I've ever <laughs> seen out of a defenseman, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Everybody wants to talk about how many goals he scored. It's like... Have you seen the goals? And I'm not knocking it because as a defenseman, I'd take every single one he's got, right? Like it's yeah. awesome. And he plays against the best teams, uh, the best players, right? And the best so players. Yeah. For, for him to be eating the minutes he's doing. No, it's freaking awesome. Right. But, I, yeah. I've been saying this for, I don't know, since probably pronger, man. Like we just need a guy to, to take the pressure off everyone. Can you imagine Darnell nurse on your second pairing just getting some heavy minutes, but more of the light, you know, having Shea Weber in front of them for lack of a better name. Like that's, that's what they're, they're lacking. It would improve everything. It would improve, it push everybody down. And yeah, our goaltending isn't great, but if you had just a little more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just a little more depth on the back end and let the young guys percolate up and, and everything would be better, but that's where we're at. And then, you know, every team in Canada too. That's right. Look around. Every one of them. Well, I was wondering, Tim, who is the last legit defenseman that came up through a Canadian team? Yeah. I mean, I, I it's funny that you talk about Nurse the way you talk about Nurse because I think there are people that would say in Toronto that Morgan Riley's that guy, and I see him make similar mistakes um, where he makes wrong decisions at wrong times. Um. Like, how far back are we going here? And this is the same thing, too, chasing guys out of town, right? Like, that's an interesting one. 
I, I honestly, it'll be something maybe I, I toss out on Twitter or something because I honestly, I just can't think of anyone who wasn't uh, brought in from somewhere else at an older age. Right. I don't have to look at Leafs. That's easy. Because <laughs> well, they haven't I mean, had defensemen for a long time. I'm going way, way back, but like Paul Coffey was a, was a great draft pick by the Edmonton yeah. Oilers, but that is a long time ago. Yeah, Eric Carlson jumps to mind, but I don't know. Oh, yeah, Eric Carlson. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's a good one. Eric Carlson yeah. is a prime example. That guy was a juggernaut. Yeah, I mean, he's dropped off since he, he went to uh, to San Jose, but uh, yeah, he was that dude. Man, that, that sauce pass from his own zone. Uh, I, I forget who was it against, who it was against, but, uh, yeah, he, he's, he was ridiculous for a few years. Well, actually, when you think about Ottawa, I was space, I was jumping over Ottawa. You think of some of the guys they drafted there, uh, or at least came up through their organization was Chara and Redden. I mean, geez, I'm yeah. looking right at the Jersey. Like I don't have to stare much further than that, but yeah, no, it's interesting. What do you think of, uh, what do you think of, you mentioned Calgary yeah. flames and, um, that they're maybe a little uh, terrifier right now. And it doesn't hurt me yeah. being an Oilers fan, but they got a guy that I've interviewed, Daryl Sutter, coming in. What do you think of them yeah. going old school? Um, I, I would like to think that... I would like to think that this wasn't quarantine, easier, uh, guy you knew, um, guy you, you trusted. Uh, it feels like all of those things. It feels like if this was... If you're going to 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 shake this up, this was the easiest way to shake things up, and you're bringing a guy who you know is one a good coach and two might uh, might put a little bit of fear into some of these guys. But I wonder if this doesn't go a little bit deeper than just uh, we need to shake this up. Uh, Brad Living's in a tough spot, you know. Like I don't know how many more years he has there if if they don't figure this out. I honestly thought. And I'm not the guy, like, I'm not the hyperbole, uh, let's just trade everybody right bleeping now because that's, I thought maybe they'd look at trading Johnny Gaudreau. And maybe because of the 14-day quarantine, if you make a deal, that limited things and they couldn't make a deal. Um, and then with an American team, um, because the guy coming in would have missed however many games that Pierre-Luc Dubois missed. And then... Uh, if you're fighting for it in a playoff spot, it might cost you the playoffs because the type of player that you're trading in Goudreau would be that good. Um, so I, I, I thought maybe this was the year that they shake up that dressing room and, and not the coach. And a little of me is disappointed, but they're going to get their shot here to prove that they got it in the room. I just, I'm not convinced that they have it in the room. Mm. Do you, do you think that they got it in the room? Well, you're asking about the arch nemesis of the Oilers, right? Like it, it brings me this weird joy to see them lose. Uh, it's just, it truly does. And I got to preface this by everywhere I went in my hockey career, my roommate turned out to be, uh, except for one spot where it was a Vancouver Canuck fan. It always seemed to be a Calgary Flames fan. And for anyone who knows the 10 years that I pretty much left minus 06, after that, we had some dark years, man. And it just seemed like we get, uh, we get Sam Gagne and we get Cogliano and things are looking great. And then it's like, we get Taylor Hall and Jordan Eberle and Nugent Hopkins. And it's, and it just, it just went on and on and on. 
And I got, I got a bet right now with Dave Davis, wherever you're at, big shooter. And I'm finally looking like I could win some money because they're so far down. Um, I think in the playoffs, they've, they've just, they've been a team that's been good. But right now, they just don't look like they have it. I, I don't know what that exactly is. I can't see in the, uh, in the dressing room. But when you bring in a guy like Daryl, I feel like they're going to figure out if, if he can snap them out of it and, and, and old school mentality. I know on Twitter right now, the, the, the bag skates getting blown up. Oh, Daryl's in bag skate old. It's like, well, <laughs> he's going to show him who's boss. And right. um, sometimes you need that. And whether or not it works remains to be seen. I mean, Daryl's an old school guy and, and, but they've gone is, through it, right? They've gone, I mean, they, they did True. the Glenn Gulletson. They've had yep. a couple of different coaches, and it's not like there are a lot of different guys in that room, right? Like, I feel like, and I know what you're saying, old school guy, come in there, shake things up. You know, that's all right. Let's see the work ethic. Uh, all I heard today was tempo, tempo, tempo. Wow, we had a great <laughs> tempo. Practice. You know what I mean? Like, it's that same old, like, I've, I've heard it before from that group, and that's why I'm not saying it's, it's Sutter that I'm worried about. That's why I'm saying it's the room, because they've had – a few different guys go through there with a, a different Bob Hartley was a tough coach. Right. And that's why, and then they replaced him with Gullitson who was supposed to be nice. And then they replaced him with Bill Peters and then Jeff Ward moves up and it's just, they've had a couple of different shots to do this. This is their last shot. Cause they, I'll be honest with you from the outside looking in, you maybe watch more of both these teams than I do, but they have more depth than Edmonton has. I mean, obviously the Oilers have the higher end talent, but they have more depth. They can roll. Like if, if Sutter gets them going, I think they have the kind of team that can do something in the postseason. because I mean, you got Manjapani is, I mean, he shuffles up and down, but I mean, he's scoring goals as a fourth liner. He's scoring goals as a third liner. You have Lindholm, you have like, there's pieces that can do it from all spots. And to me, that's dangerous in the playoffs and a good goalie, or at least a goalie that we think is pretty good from one year and a little bit, but uh, they have the type of team that could really do some damage. So we're going to see. And if it doesn't work, uh, they got some real explaining to do. Yeah. Well, you're probably right. And we're going to find out awfully quick, aren't we? Like, I mean, we're going to find out whether or not this is going to work or not. Yeah. You know, the, the, the one thing that's really interesting to me right now is that all these teams that haven't played, like Winnipeg has nine of their last 25 against the Leafs, right? Like, (laughs) You're going to find out what they're nine of 25 against the Leafs. And there's a couple of different matchups here where if it's the wrong matchup, you could get in some real trouble. I think Winnipeg fits like, I mean, I think they match up well with the Leafs because they have some high end skill and some guys that will play first line minutes that can, that can hurt you um, on both ends, but we're going to find out. It feels like what it, or if, it must be what it felt like to have seen the original six in action, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like nine at 25, like, holy, yeah. The <laughs> Battle of Alberta, I don't think the Battle of Alberta, and they've hardly played each other yet. Well, they've played each other enough, I guess, but like, I'm just pumped every time they play the Flames right now. Like, it's, it feels like it's, heating. you know, heating up. And a few, like, from about a decade ago where it did heat up a little bit, right? Like, a little bit of anger there, you know? Nurse going at it with Lucic. You're going, man, like, Mad, you want to talk about mad respects to Darnell Nurse? That's mad respects. That's one man. I'm like, nah, I don't know. 
Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if we need him doing that. He's playing 29 minutes a game and fighting <laughs> Milan Lucic. That's what put me over the top of my nurse for Norris. It was a little <laughs> tap on the pant. Was the tap on the pant? Thanks for not pounding me. Like, or was the tap on the pant? Like, man, I got to play 29 minutes and fight the toughest guy on the other team. That's, that's, I, I, I didn't sign up for that. Yeah, that was that was a cool moment. There's there yeah. there are cool moments in sports, and that was one of them, absolutely. And that's yeah. such a little subtle, subtle little thing that he did. Yeah, I love those. Those are the old school. Don Cherry used to point them out every once in a while, where you'd see two guys who you knew just had a little bit of respect and did the tap the tap on the head. Uh, a couple things I got I gotta ask about right. uh, Dak Prescott. How about yeah. uh, two hundred forty mil over six? Yeah. Um, it's funny. Arash Mandani was on the show and uh, he did a piece on how when you pay your quarterback too much money, um, everything else suffers. And we saw Patrick Mahomes running for his life in the Super Bowl. Um, now they had a couple pieces injured and they had Lou, Lou, Laurent Duvernay Tardif uh, out, but uh, Russell Wilson got paid. They were a good team. Now he's running for his life because they can't afford to pay offensive linemen. It's, it's a really interesting situation. And what makes Dallas even more interesting is that they weren't good. <laughs> and now, now they're going to pay all of their skill positions a lot of money. And I don't know what they have left for the defensive side of the football. So if let me just say this. If he's healthy, get him in your pool because they're going to need to chuck. Um, and they're going to chuck a lot um, because they're going to have to score 40 a game to win. So it's it should have happened last year. Um, I get it. You don't want to lose the quarterback, but you also don't want to pay too much for it. And we just saw Wentz and Goff. Yep. Carson Wentz and Jared Goff got paid a bleep load, and each of their cities just get traded uh, because those deals were so bad. So... Um, I'd be very careful if I were giving out money. I think Dak's good enough. I don't think the rest of the team's good enough. The Nets. I'm not a basketball guy, but geez, what Brooklyn's doing. I don't, you, you tell me you're the guy who, who uh, is all over it. I, I'll say this. Um, Nash is going to make his money. Like he's going to earn his money. Steve Nash, the coach of the Brooklyn Nets, is going to earn his money. He's going to have to figure this thing out. The one thing is that they're so good offensively. They're like, remember when the Vancouver Canucks went to the Stanley Cup final and they had all that offensive skill? And they had, it felt like they were a goal better than everybody else. And then they met the Bruins. And the Bruins did things that got into their head. They did, they played the game that, they got the referees to – they pushed the envelope on who they were punching in the face, and after every whistle, they just kept working them. I feel like that's going to be the Nets, and the Nets are going to face a team. They're going to try and do that to them, and it'll be up to the coach or if they're just that much more talented than everybody else that they, they, can, they can win regardless. And I felt like Vancouver got to that point with that team where they were so much better except for the one team. Figured it out. But like the names are like they hurt my brain that the Nets have. Durant, yeah. Harden, yeah. Irving, Griffin. Yeah. Like yeah. that's ridiculous. That's why I think the the addition of Griffin might put some pressure on the Raptors to trade Kyle Lowry because 
the offers are going to go up on Lowry because of how good Brooklyn looks right now. Putting pressures on putting pressure on other GMs to make a move because you're right. You look at it and not only are they have favorites in the East uh, by a significant margin in my mind, uh, I might have them as the favorites in the NBA right now. But they got to play some defense. <laughs> you, you, eventually, someone will figure out how to slow you down, right? Like, no, I don't know. Okay, well, I, I know I got to keep an eye on time here. So we're going to go into the Crude Master Final Five. That way I don't keep you all night and let you get fed. Uh, just five Appreciate quick it. ones, as short, long as you want to go. Uh, one word answers if you have to. It's all good, Tim. Um, one friend you can't wait to bring on, Tim and friends. I might bring uh, my buddy, Brian McLaughlin, who I grew up with and who was in my wedding party. We went to, uh, we, we met each other in uh, junior kindergarten. And he is, you ever seen You, Me, and Dupree? <laughs> Have you seen that movie? Yeah, uh, yeah. yes. He's Owen he's, Wilson? He's my Dupree. And uh, <laughs> eventually he might move into my basement. And he might live, and he played pro hockey in Europe for, I don't know, until he was like 32. I think we actually talked about him the last time. I think that, you're right. That that I came on here. And and he's just, you go into any spot and he's the life of the party. And uh, at my wedding, he did um, the Will Ferrell interpretive dance with the handkerchief uh, that happened to be from the table and presented. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's like one of, I, I said when, when, when they named it Tim and friends, I said, you realize I'm going to have a couple of my real friends on here and we're just going to talk. And they're like, yeah, sure. So I think, you know, there's a, I know people want me to say some famous name. No, that's cool. Some, I, I, some I personally, I think that's super cool. Yeah. I think if he only, if he does the interpretive dance on air though, <laughs> uh, I got it on video. So even if he's, that's the thing though, right? Like I got buddies that could handle this easily. But once you turn that red light on, there's there's a little bit of a difference. Yeah. <laughs> so Fair. I don't if he can handle it, we're gonna do it. Is Sig gonna make a guest appearance on Tim and Friends? Eventually. Gonna give it at least six months though. Fair. <laughs> yeah, we need we need a clean break. Colin Spencer wants to know who is the most underrated player in the NHL in your mind? That's a really good one. I don't want to give this away. It used to be Stone and Shifley for me, but I feel like they're not underrated anymore. I feel like both of them have gotten their due. I used to always say Stone. My guys were Wayne Simmons, Stone and Shifley. And I feel like all of them have gotten their due. And Wayne's just getting older, so it's a little bit different. But the revival that he had before he got injured in Toronto was like, he was near cult status in Toronto fighting everybody, scoring goals. It was unbelievable. Um, so I, I, I might have to ponder this. And then the next time I'm on with you, I'll come back with my new guys. Cause I haven't, uh, I rode Shifley and stone for so long and now I can't do it anymore. One of them's a captain in Vegas. The other one's top five in scoring. Like <laughs> not underrated. No, not underrated anymore. If you could go back and tr uh, and change, go back in time and change one trade so it never happened, what trade would you would you Vince, would you stop? Vince Carter, Vince Carter in Toronto. 
got his way, uh, did all the wrong things to get his way. Um, that's one. And then every defenseman that we talked about earlier. <laughs> Finally, Colby man wants to know he's a big diehard. He's my best friend. Right. He, he's a diehard NBA guy. We get into arguments all the time and you knowing me, knowing Jack crap about the NBA, <laughs> you can imagine the comedy to it. He right. wants to know, can the Raptors land a star in free agency or is Toronto not an attractive place to play for NBA players? Uh, Sid would say that it was uh, the latter, that it's not an attractive place to play uh, for NBA players. And I think it is to a certain extent, but when you win and you have money, things change. And I honestly thought that they had a shot at Giannis Antetokounmpo. So I don't think that's the case anymore. I think Masai Ujiri, the president, is so well-respected in the league and what they've been able to do over the last few years uh, by winning a championship and people seeing what they've seen in Toronto and from Toronto, I think it's really changed the way that the players look at. Like, you see LeBron James at the NBA All-Star game was mouthing the words to O Canada. Like, it's changed. It's not what it used to be. And I even think that the global pandemic and the way that Canada has handled it as opposed to the way it's been handled in the States has made people appreciate uh, what we are and what we, what we do in this country even more. So I would say that 10 years ago, that would have been the case. Um, we're not quite LA or New York or any of those or Miami. I'd go to Miami. Like, let's I'd go to Miami. Yeah. You might, you go to Miami too. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite those places, <laughs> but it, but it's not Milwaukee. It's not um, Charlotte. They're, Toronto is slowly climbing up. Cool. Well, hey, man, thanks uh, Thanks for hopping on. Uh, best of luck to you on the new show. Do uh, do appreciate you making some time for me, though. And and like I say, best of luck to you, Tim. Yeah, you too. I always appreciate the support. And uh, it's fun coming on and just uh, shooting the shit with you for an hour. Hey, folks, thanks for joining us today. If you just stumbled on the show, please click subscribe. Then scroll to the bottom and rate and leave a review. I promise it helps. Remember, every Monday and Wednesday, we will have a new guest sitting down to share their story. The Sean Newman Podcast is available for free on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcast fix. Until next time. Thanks for hopping on today, guys. I got to give a shout out to, I actually don't know who what his name is, but uh, I got a text uh, from a guy who said, hey, enjoyed your interview with Daniel Smith. I agree with most of the things she said. The one thing I have trouble with is the carbon capture. I think that it is the same vein as the ozone layer is disappearing. I believe it's still there. The polar ice cap is melting. Still there. I think we need carbon in the air so we can grow food for the world. I, people of Earth, are a popcorn are a popcorn fart in the wind compared to what Mother Nature can produce, uh, i.e. volcanoes. Um, I have enjoyed your show. Glad I found it. Have a great day. Uh, to whoever that was, appreciate you guys reaching out and and giving me some feedback on on the different avenues we've been going. Obviously, going from Daniel Smith over to Tim McAuliffe. Uh, Tim McAuliffe. Those are um, uh, you know a contract that's a jumping from one extreme to the next almost. But just enjoy the variety and enjoyed you guys hopping along with me and and uh, coming along for the experience. It's been a lot of fun the last little bit here and. Uh, if you're the champ, it is Wednesday. You got a couple more days here. Maybe get the feet off the desk, all right? Um, to the rest of you, we will uh, catch up to you Monday, all right? A little break here. 
and uh, we'll be right back at it. We got a lot of great ones coming up. So have a great uh, Wednesday and the rest of your week until we meet again. All right. Talk to you later.